everybody. Welcome to Geeky Dads. Talk about geeky things. I'm J.J. Johnson, and joining me on the show, actually back on the show, is Becky Dean. Becky, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me again. Not a problem. So Becky was on our, what was it? Was it the Stranger Things Season 4 discussion we did? Stranger Things. We talked for a very long time. <laughs> That's right. So tonight, Becky and I are going to be talking about space opera. And she has a brand new four-book science fiction series that is about to be releasing over the next several months. And we're going to dive into that. Just so, Becky, are you ready to get into this? I am ready. I love some space opera. All right. So, starting out, let's just kind of let's just kind of break this down. Before we get into your books, let's just talk about the different types of space opera that are out there that we enjoy. So, what are some of your favorites? Give me a books series, and then also give me like a TV or film series. What are two of your favorite types of space opera that you enjoy? Yeah, this is super rude of you to make me narrow it down so much to just a couple. Um, <laughs> but for the books, uh, probably my favorite is a series called The Illuminae Files. Um, it's told all through transcripts and recordings and messages, um, no narration. And so it's, and it includes lots of art throughout. And so it's a really fun reading experience in addition to being a super addictive series with sort of a AI gone crazy and lots of murderous bad guys and space jumping adventures. Um, so that's probably my favorite book series. For TV movie, it's really hard. Um, I grew up watching a lot of Star Trek, The Next Generation, which it's sort of questionable whether you can consider that space opera or not. Um, but I really love Firefly, obviously, um, kind of the classic Western in space. And I think this counts. The Marvel movie Thor Ragnarok um, is sort of veering into space opera territory. And I really love that movie, too. Yeah, I, I would agree with uh, with Thor. I think uh, Thor Ragnarok, I think that really delves into the space opera. And I, I think a lot of people actually consider that to be uh, space opera. Now, the Illuminate, uh, what was it called, though? Whatchamacallit Files? Illuminate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, I tried to read that on Kindle. Big mistake. <laughs> okay, so if you're going to read that, listeners, you really have to go get a actual physical copy. Yes. It it makes the reading experience so much different. So um, I think for me in book series, I'm going to have to go with uh, John Scalzi's Old Man War. Um, that book, you know, it's it, it just kind of something about a guy who's turning 75 uh, having to get drafted into fighting this alien war and all of a sudden getting a new body. That's uh, completely different. <laughs> it was something about was just fun. It reminded me of the old Robert Heinlein type Star Trek, Star Troop shoots. Ah, I'm getting tongue tied. <laughs> Starship Troopers uh, series. So I, I really like that. And then as far as TV film, I'm going to throw Battlestar Galactic out there, the new one. Uh, everything but the fourth season, that is. <laughs> but I absolutely loved the. Uh, Battlestar Galactica, that was one of my favorite. It mixed two of my favorite genres, which is sort of the 
post-apocalyptic and the space opera science fiction. So I think for me, uh, I'd have to throw those out there. Now, what are some, there are some specific elements when it comes to space opera. So like when a reader or a viewer comes to the show or the series, there's just certain expectations that have to be met. So what are some of the expectations that you think that people expect whenever they're coming to space opera? Yeah, what I like to, to tell people is think space travel and planet hopping and just huge, big, fun adventures in outer space. Um, there are some more specific specifics, but sort of as if you're talking about a broad overview of space opera, you think of just those really fun it includes some romance, it includes some war, it includes lots of really cool settings and planets. Um, often there's aliens, sometimes there aren't. Some military aspects, but it's really more just about a fun adventure. You're not gonna find a lot of hard science. Uh, there's a lot of, who really knows how this works, but it's cool, so that's fine. Um, so that would kind of be what I tell people to expect is the settings, the big, kind of the big scope, um, and just a lot of fun adventure. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, it, it's kind of it's kind of interesting. It's uh, you have fantasy, and then you have epic fantasy. And I think space opera is kind of like the epic epic fantasy of, of, of science fiction. Um, obviously, I expect to have some cool big ships. Uh, maybe a little bit of semblance of uh, political or military hierarchy in a way. Um, doesn't go too deep into that but there's always sort of that kind of a pressing force of you know politics or whatever um obviously some space battles some epic planets different types of planets none of them are the same so uh so those i, I mean those are some of the elements i like uh everybody has their different tastes obviously but uh, for me that's that's hitting the big i don't really care about the science <laughs> Yeah. Well, and I, I like what you said about the fantasy, because I think I've heard space opera described as sort of fantasy in space, right? It uses all of the same tropes, um, the same elements. If you boil down Star Wars A New Hope and The Lord of the Rings, I mean, you could basically summarize those as the same exact plot if you don't get into details. <laughs> you know, the the plucky guy from the middle of nowhere, the going on an epic quest to beat the evil empire. There's a old mentor who has magic of some sort, a journey, you know, it's, it's very similar in a lot of ways. Yeah, it is. And, uh, obviously they're not worried about explaining, you know, faster than like time travel or anything like that. And to me, I, there, there are times where if I'm reading the Martian and I, I know I'm going to get some tickets and probably stuff that I don't understand, <laughs> but if I'm reading a star Wars novel, I do not care about any of that, nor do I want to know any of that because that's not the point of the story. But I'm glad you brought up magic because within space opera, there there's usually an element that is like magic. Uh, and it doesn't necessarily have to be magic. It could be um, robotic. It could be AI. It could be that, you know, that element that's there in the story it may contain to the story, but it kind of serves as sort of the MacGuffin. Like, the Force is there. We know they can use the Force, but the Force really isn't the story in Star Wars. Um, so, what are some of your favorite 
types of tropes in that in that manner, I guess you could say, uh, that kind of help the hero along the journey, whether it's something specific to science that isn't really science. <laughs> something. Yeah, I, think, I think that's just what I like about it, right? Is the, the hard science fiction is fun sometimes. The Martian is a fantastic book. Um, but the point of space opera is sort of that fun adventure, like I said. And so you like that there's sort of some unexplained things or just some stuff that's cool. Like, I don't care if it's explained as long as it's fun and cool, right? So whether it's the force or, um, you know, just sort of the in some of the things like Guardians and Ragnarok, I mean, he's what a Norse god, but he's traveling planets through wormholes in cool spaceships with powers you don't quite understand too. And as long as it's big and pretty and fun, like I'm happy with that. So. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of that's kind of how I approach it is, um, you know, there's the force, there's the spice, but I don't really care about the physics of, of things when it comes to space opera. Um, now, Alan Brocken and I did a, our top five space opera folks on episode, I think episode two or three, one of those or one of the early episodes where we just got into our top five space opera. And I'm pretty sure that every single one of ours that we've mentioned um, were not hard science. <laughs> but, um, I don't think, um, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, or, <laughs> uh, Firefly, or Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy um, have any of these type of elements of... Um, hard science fiction it's just always just a fun space adventure and i think that i think that's key is sort of the space adventure aspect and the reason i wanted to have becky on is you have a new series of books coming out with the atheon atheon mm-hmm. books um who is known for publishing some great science fiction and you have a four-book series coming out here just over the next six months, probably. So let's just segue into talking about your city. And the reason I'm having Becky on is because so many of my listeners obviously are in the speculation. So this series, and I can just look at the covers right now, and I've seen the covers. Um, and, you know, it's, it's going to hit right up the alley of a lot of people show so why don't you give us just a quick pitch whether it's just the first book or whether it's for the entire series of of what this series is about yeah so the series is called shades of starlight and book one is rogue pursuit and it's about a smuggler and a spy on opposing sides of a brewing galactic revolution and they have to team up to track a rogue agent across the galaxy because the agent has information that could not only ruin them both, but also start a galactic war. And so the rest of the series just builds on that. Um, Two new main characters in each book, but with all of the old ones returning as they try to prevent a war, um, traveling to cool planets. There's lots of romance, so the couples all fall in love, and there's pirates and revolutionaries and terrorists and all that good, like you said, space battles. And I had especially fun writing book two, which the space pirate appeared in book one and was just so much fun. I had to give him his own book and I wrote that one during COVID. So there's literally every space, every pirate trope you could think of thrown into book two with the space pirate. So that one was a lot of fun. Nice. 
Nice. Space pirates, revolutionaries, romance. I mean, it sounds like you just put everything into a blender and blended pretty it up. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. All right. So let's talk about your setting, because one of the cool aspects of any space opera really is the war, the worlds. And, um, you know, when you think of when you think of Star Wars, and obviously, I'm just going with that. Um, there's so many different planets we can go to. We can explore. There's so many different types of stories. So talk a little bit about your setting and this this universe that you've built. I mean, how many planets do you have? Going on? I really lost count. I'm not really sure. Um, coming up with names after a while was was fun. Um, so my galaxy has three empires that all started with a central planet and they found a colorful wormhole leading to another system. And so now at this point in in the universe, there are dozens of colonies, um, some central, but some kind of frontier, and they're all connected by really colorful but dangerous wormholes. And so that's how they get around from system to system. And there's not a hard science to it, obviously, because this is space opera, but there's a little bit of, you know, what the colors do and how each wormhole is different. And there's a lot of cool planets. Um, I love to travel. And so a lot of the planets are sort of based on loosely on some real earth places that then I, you know, made bigger and flashier. So there, yeah, there's ice planets, there's desert, there's jungles, there's a little bit of everything. Nice, nice. So, okay, um, and so you have these uh, wormholes. Is it sort of like a sort of like a spoke where there's like a central hub, and these wormholes lead different places from the from the hub, or is it like you know they're just they're just out there and you got to find that specific turnpike i guess yeah yeah it's just a big tangled web and so every system tends to have at least two some of them three or four that you never quite know where they go so a lot of them have been mapped but a lot of them have still been mapped there's sometimes you'll find a back way to a system that you didn't know existed um the ones that are harder to reach are obviously sort of the firefly feel you know the the colony worlds on the frontier where there's not a lot of not a lot of law enforcement presence not a lot of amenities not a lot of development um but then there's also some of the big central planets that are easily accessed that have grown into these big cities and things like that nice nice and that's one that's another thing i like about uh some of these space operas is they always give us kind of these stories from i think star wars calls it the outer rim mm -hmm. um you know and you you think about that everything is kind of like it, it reminds you kind of the old west like everything was sort of centralized on the East Coast, but as we expanded westward, westward, I can't talk about that. As we expanded west, you know, law and order sort of uh, became sort of sparse in a way, and that's sort of the you see that that frontier type atmosphere and attitude take the same way in a lot of science fiction. It seems like always the ones on the outer side. Are sort of the ones that lack the law and order, you know, the central planets and things, and that and it makes sense because that's how that's how it is historically. But let's talk about different races, um, alien races, robotic races, AI. Do you have any of those type of elements in your story? I actually do not. I love all of those elements in stories, but mine is pretty much just humans. So it's you know they started from one human planet and. The planets that they travel to have some wildlife, um, some of it that wants to eat you, but no other people. Um, so it's all just from the human side. 
Um, okay, so you're I, kind of sort of like the expanse approach, in a way. because yeah, I don't a little, think a little, a little bit more like that. Okay. Or like okay. the Illuminate files too, just minus the crazy AI. <laughs> Anything minus. So there's no chat ET in this. So. Sadly, no, not in this series. <laughs> All right, so, um, and that's cool because I th I think sometimes we 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 tend to use. Um, different alien races and things like that is just just basic MacGuffins or red shirts to kill off or something like that and so sticking with that so but it does sound like you got what cannibals <laughs> cannibal rate uh humans in your story no no, no cannibals just some animal and plant life that okay Ooh. isn't necessarily conducive to human settlements plant life is 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 freaky in my opinion i've i've, I've read too many stories about killer plants come into life and uh, taking me down. Um, so I think, I think plants are pretty terrifying and <laughs> in a way they could be, they're a sort of their own alien race in a way. So, all right. And then, there's, and then since I had to have the pirate tropes, there's also a sea monster, obviously. So, Oh, you can't have uh, a pirate novel without a sea monster. Exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, and that, you, the, you said the pirate comes in in book two? Yeah. Well, you meet him in book one, and then he's one of the main characters in book two. Okay. Okay. So you meet him in book one, but the main part, his main story is awesome. I love I love spy, pirates, especially space pirates, though. Um, I mean, I think everyone does. If you actually study them historically, it's probably a terrible thing that we love them, but they're just so much fun, and he's one of the best characters, so... Yeah, and pirates still exist today, just in different form. <laughs> Way, so. All right, so, Becky, you cannot have a space opera without some spaceship. So tell us a little bit about some of your spaceships. Yeah, so in some books, they come in more into play than others. But the first book, um, one of the two main characters is a smuggler. So she obviously has a super fun ship that's fitted and the skills to hide things in her ship that she's retrofitted you know to be able to smuggle things uh, but my favorite is probably the dreadnought that the pirate claims um, in book two also uh, that he's constantly fighting with the upstanding law enforcement agent about who truly owns it and it's you know one of those big fearsome black ships with huge weapons and um, scares people whenever it comes through a wormhole and things like that so that's probably my favorite Nice. And that was called the, you said the Dreadnought? Yeah, Dreadnought. Nice. That's just a cool name. I like that. I know. It just sounds awe-inspiring. <laughs> You'd be afraid of it if, it, if you heard of it. <laughs> yeah, sort of rolls off the tongue. Now, now, do your ships, obviously, they're going through wormholes, so do they have, like, you know, faster than light travel, or is that something that's non-existent in your world? Yeah, there's no faster than light travel. They can travel within systems quicker than we can now. Um, usually takes, like, maybe a day at the most to cross the system, but then they get between the systems, the wormholes are kind of like tunnels. So there's no FTL. It's just the wormholes. They're what take them around. Okay. So, uh, and I'm always fascinated by this, by how people sort of introduce this concept of, of faster and light, but not necessarily faster and light. So if I want to travel through a different system, through the wormhole, is that something that takes weeks, months, year actually just usually about an hour really okay cool mm -hmm. okay so so you, you can travel through the wormhole um 
what is do you go into detail about what life is like in the wormhole is it pretty or is it yes I, I do some but that would be a lot of spoilers for the final book oh okay so we're not you, you'll learn about them and what it's like it's basically like space but colorful except they're really dangerous for your ship if you're not careful and you don't know what you're doing um, okay and that's part of the plot actually of book one is that Perrin the main character who's the smuggler travels all over the galaxy with her shipping business that she runs and she really knows how to get through the wormholes they have special shielding but it takes a lot of knowledge to be able to keep your ship intact and so she is sought out for that expertise nice okay so it's kind of like Willy Wonka's uh, tunnel. Um, <laughs> maybe not that. <laughs> I, I watched that the other day. I, I know I'm getting off topic here. And no, I, I have creepy images in my head. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought, wow, these kind of, these shows back then were just like, oh, hey, here's let's go on an acid trip ride. <laughs> so anyway, I know I, I digress, people. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, <laughs> Anyway, that's that's kind of cool and fascinating because because um, you can introduce some different conflicts and things like that. So um, that's a that's that's something to look look forward to in the in the final book. Now, um, what about characters? You've talked a little bit about some of your characters, your your pirate smuggler smuggler type character. What are some of your favorite characters in this series that you enjoyed writing the most? Yeah, I mean, I think Perrin the Smuggler, just because she was the first, um, she's the, the main of the two main characters in book one, and so it kind of started the series. But then when they met the space pirates, his name is Digger, um, and I just knew he had to have his own book when it came time to write a second one. I was like, well, obviously it has to be from his point of view, because he's just so much fun. But I especially love, so the first book is The Smuggler and the Spy, right? So Perrin and Ty is his name, Meat, and he's pretty upstanding law enforcement agent who works for one of the empires and he and Digger were really fun to write together because Digger is a pirate who is all about breaking the law and Ty is all about following the law and arresting people who break it and so I had a lot of fun in every book um I think three of actually maybe all four of them if not three interactions between the two of them were a lot of fun nice nice all right so Becky, when you're writing, um, I'm writing middle grade set in one neighborhood. <laughs> you were writing um, two different types of two different types of lines. So this book is actually going to be published under is it BL Dean? Yes. Okay. So if you go look for her under Becky Dean, you're going to find her travel romances. But this book is going to be released under BL Dean. So here's my question because. Obviously, writing a big cast, writing a big multiple world and things like that. What was one of the biggest challenges in writing Space Opera? Because I know we got a lot of writers, obviously, who listen to the show. So what was some of the biggest challenges you came across? Well, besides coming up with names for three dozen planets and new characters in every book without repeating any that I've already used, um, had to keep a lot of spreadsheets for all of that and which what the ships are called and what the weapons are and what the names were. So I didn't repeat. Um, part of it was just not being repetitive um, because it is space opera. You have like those tropes that we talked about, the space battles and the fights and the shootouts and that kind of thing. And I wanted each book to feel fresh and different and not have 
too many repeated settings or too many repeated types of action scenes. And so it was in each one trying to think how to get it bigger and more exciting than the last without copying anything that I'd already done. Um, and then partly just coming up with the whole series. I wrote the first one hoping it might be a series, but not really having anything in mind. And then when my publisher offered the deal and they wanted a series, I kind of had roughly four books in mind, but they weren't really outlined and I had no idea what I was really writing toward at the end. So just coming up with how I wanted everything to fit together. And um, because like we talked about, right, space opera often includes elements of war and military science fiction, but how far I wanted to get into that versus the romance aspects and everything like that. Nice, nice. Yeah, and um, I, I, can't, I can't imagine trying to do that, <laughs> especially if you have a four book deal offered <laughs> and it's just, oh, here's these four books and uh, I don't know what two through four are about, but <laughs> but that's the beauty of, of space opera is, especially when you're writing a big epic like this, uh, the the ideas are endless still because there's so many side stories you could come up with and write as well. So, all right, so this uh, series is going to release. Is it one book a month starting? March 2023, correct? Yes, March 21st, April 18th, May 16th, and June 13th. So it's actually crazy to think um, within just a few months, the whole series will be out and people can read all four of them. Yeah. So a four-book series, um, go add it to your Goodreads list right now. Um, if she doesn't get somebody to add it to her Goodreads list, I'm going to be afraid of <laughs> So uh, go add that to your Goodreads list. Uh, now, are you under on Goodreads? Are you under BL Dean or Becky Dean? Both? both, both. Yeah, they're separate pages. So if you just look at BL Dean, Rogue Pursuit is the first book, and that one's up on Goodreads, and then all four of them are up on Amazon. All right. So and these will be in Kindle Unlimited, correct? Yes, you can pre-order all of the Kindle versions now. The first one's just ninety-nine cents, and then when they release, they'll be in Kindle Unlimited and available paperback. Okay. So. Uh, paperback, Kindle Unlimited, Kindle, um, and then uh, obviously if you want to order it through any of your favorite bookstores, uh, independent bookstores, um, Barnes & Noble, whoever your bookseller is that you go to, you can go and pick it up. All right, Becky, um, I'm looking forward to this series. Becky and I are actually in a writing group together, uh, so I've heard a lot about this. I haven't read it but i'm looking forward to it so um go check out this book her entire series you're, you're guaranteed to love it becky is a fabulous writer trust me and uh becky i appreciate you coming on the show yeah thanks for having me all right everybody this has been geeky dads talk about geeky things that's a wrap